Holly G with the Golf Insiders. Well, we've had a couple of days off, haha, from the uh, wraparound 2019-2020 season, and we roll right from the FedEx Cup to the 2020-2021. I don't know that I can keep that all straight, but uh, hopefully Bob Herrig from ESPN can. Welcome to our podcast today, Bob. Thanks very much. How are you? Great. So you were at Eastlake. Um, you know, how how was uh, the big finish on Sunday? Give us uh, your bird's eye view. Well, it got a little intense there towards the end, um, <clears throat> or at least over the back nine. You know, DJ was playing fine on Sunday, but Xander Shawplay and, and Justin Thomas actually were doing, doing pretty well to keep the pressure on. And, and you know, Dustin made like a, 20 footer for a par on the 13th hole that if he does if that doesn't go in things might be a little different you know it would it would have gotten intense uh <clears throat> you know towards the end but he made it kept a two shot advantage and ended up you know being able to sort of cruise in and um <clears throat> you know it's uh we we in the second year of it we've had the example now of the guy who shot the lowest 72 hole score didn't win anything other than prize money um Xander had the lowest score actually by three. You know, he would have won the tournament if there had just been a 72-hole tournament by three shots. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting how it all shook out. But um, uh, in the end, uh, you know, I think DJ is a worthy FedEx champion given the way he played in the playoffs. A absolutely. So uh, my big brother and I have uh... – some big competitions and betting for the majors and for uh, the FedEx Cup uh, we picked four players and then you know we got to each day we started with you know round one each day we got to have a mulligan if we wanted to replace you know somebody on our team and uh, we had a, a it wasn't a 15 million dollar bet but uh, I took home 20 bucks Bob for finishing win place and show with DJ Xander and JT, how about them how about apples? That? Pretty good, pretty impressive. Yeah, um, yep. you know, was, I thought I thought JT might win the whole thing going in. I just had a feeling about him. You did. He just didn't putt very well. He just didn't putt very well all week. Had a he had a struggling week on the greens, and otherwise, you know, but still, you know, the consolation for him and Xander is four and a half million each. <laughs> so. It's not, I mean, you know, it's like basically almost four times what they'd win for any winning other any other tournament, and uh, and that's what they got for this. So, you know, I they didn't talk about the money as much this time. I think, out of, you know, for obvious reasons, but it really is immense. You know, it's incredible how much is at stake there for these guys who make it. You can can understand why you want to get to that last tournament because there's, you know, even the guys finishing last are bringing home a bunch of money. Yeah, we were talking about this. Um, so there's, there was there's sixty million dollars in this in this pot of gold, and uh, forty five million. I think you were saying goes to the you know the top thirty, but then they pay off an additional fifteen million to you know the the remaining one hundred fifty players. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Um... You know, like, for example, um, 
I think Tiger finished like I don't know. He finished uh, between sixty one and sixty five. I think he was sixty third in the final FedEx. So he gets one hundred fifty thousand, and you know didn't even get to Atlanta. Uh, one hundred fifty thousand. It's it's half and half. Seventy five he gets, and seventy five goes into into retirement. You know, like basically anyone beyond thirtieth place, um, the the money that they earn is half of it is deferred. So like thirty first, the guy who missed the tour championship by one spot still got two hundred thousand. You know, and so and 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 half half in cash and half deferred. Whereas the thirtieth place finisher got three ninety five. So you know, to to not to be thirty, the difference between thirty first and thirty. Getting there was one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars minimum, you know. So, yeah, it's a lot of money, and and you know, uh, and DJ only had to defer a million dollars. He gets to keep fourteen, but the, you know, the rest of them, there's a pretty good chunk that's deferred. And you know, um, I think I think any of us who understand how that works, that's a great thing. You know, it's you know they 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 save on taxes now and. And they've got a nice chunk sitting there in a retirement account for them for, you know, well after their career's over. Yeah, it's um, it's quite remarkable. And um, I'm, I'm hoping DJ turns around and creates some big news by donating a whole bunch of that bonus to uh, perhaps first responders um, in, uh, in his hometown of, of Myrtle Beach because, uh, you know, that... Uh, that would be a that would be a good move on on DJ's part. Absolutely, yep. So, uh, big news on the Champions Tour: they are allowing fans for the first time this week. Give us an update on that. Yeah the um, the the Champions Tour event in South Dakota that begins on Friday um, is going to allow spectators. It's the first. You know, event under the PGA Tour banner that's going to do this, five to six thousand a day, they say. Um, you know, the Champions Tour has been having pro amps. PGA Tour has yet to bring them back. They're waiting two more weeks to do that. Um, and you know, I think slowly but surely we're inching back towards trying to get people back out there. We're learning more about what we can and can't do. Um, South Dakota is a state. Um, despite that, the biker thing that, that caused a lot of angst here lately, um, you know, I think that was more about people going there and leaving and, and possibly spreading the virus. But the state itself has had, I believe, only 15,000 or so cases, and they're under 3,000 right now. I mean, obviously, it's not a very high-populated state, but still, it seems like a pretty safe place to go. You know, the, the, the number of people who have it are low. You're going to have the players, caddies, and the pro-amp participants will have been tested. Same with tour staff. You're bringing in spectators who, you know, are, are going to get a temperature check. You'd like to think that, that they have been doing the right thing. Masks are not required, although they're being given to them. So, you know, I, there's... I think the chances of there being any kind of issues are pretty small when you're outside. And, and, you know, I think we're all learning, you know, like if we don't know the person, we probably want to stay away from them. It's just the way that we have to be. And so I'm very curious to see how it works and how it looks. You know, I mean, if you have 
a thousand people cram behind the 18th green, that's probably not going to go over very well. And so I have a feeling that, you know, they're going to put their best foot forward here to try to make it look good, to make it work, and then be sort of a blueprint for, well, how can the other tournaments do it? You know, this is sort of what we had hoped for from the Memorial back in July, you know, and then they had to pull the plug on it. Right. So now here we are in September, a Champions Tour event. It's probably a better way to go about it. It's a little, just a little more low-key. Um, you know, so then, you know, then they assess, you know, can we do this at other places? Can some tour events start to bring back fans, regular tour events? Um, you know, as you and I have talked about several times, I mean, we're getting closer to some things that I think are going to help. You know, rapid testing, in-home testing, you know, if, if we can get to that point, then, it, look, if they can put spectators in a football stadium at some of these places this weekend, why not at a golf tournament where it's spread out? So, um, got my fingers crossed. I hope it works because I, I would like to see them be able to move in that direction. Absolutely. I think we all do, and certainly the PGA Tour has uh, done a remarkable job of getting – through, um, you know, the height of the pandemic and, and finishing its season, as you write in another story this week um, on ESPN.com, you know, about just how, uh, you know, how effectively they did this. Yeah, I mean, look, there was, I know there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, sort of I told you so stuff about, you know, why was there all the negativity, but Look, when this started, there was no guarantees. Um, when they came back in June in, in, in Fort Worth, that's a state with high infection rates at the time. You're allowing the players pretty much to come and go. You know, on the European tour, they their model is there's one player caddy media hotel, and that's the only place you can go. They're in the golf course. You cannot venture outside of it. You can't go to restaurants. You can't even – you can order in, but you can't go anywhere and take it out. So the tour, PGA Tour, didn't do that. They told these guys, here we, we'll provide you a hotel, but you don't have to stay there. We'll provide you a charter, but you don't have to take it. So, you know, guys are coming and going. Caddies are coming and going. And, you know, look, that's the potential for problems if, if you're not careful – and they've gone uh, the five weeks. You know, we haven't heard anything about this week yet. But six, if this would be – if there are no positives at Safeway, it would be six straight weeks, you know. And, and look, even if there is a positive or two or four or five, we, sh- we shouldn't be that surprised. I mean, that, that's not horrible. We don't want any, obviously. But given the situation out there, wouldn't they – You know, the, uh, they had one tournament that canceled. They decided to replace it. It's been pretty, pretty impressive run here for all involved. And you know, you hope that they just remain diligent so that now the next step is to start getting some people back out there. Because it's going to be hard for these tournaments to keep going without spectators. It's just such a huge revenue drain for the tour because the tour is having to supplement these local tournaments to, to, so they can pay their bills. You know, they, they've got no revenue otherwise. So it, how long can that last? You know, like they've, they've got to be able to start bringing some money in on site. And, and uh, obviously they've been very, very cautious to get to that point. 
Yeah, and I, you know, we know the fans create a certain amount of pressure. Uh, we know the players feed off the fans. We've listened to a number of comments from the players, some who have adjusted, some who I think, quite frankly, you know, miss the energy of the fans. We know, you know, Rory's talked about it. Tiger, certainly, my goodness. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, this is a sport that, um, you know, we, it's a special sport because the fans get so close to the players and are such a influential part of, uh, you know, the, uh, the atmosphere. So I exactly. think this is an exciting you know, step forward. It is. You're right. They are part of it. And I think, you know, we're going to see it again next week at the, at the U S open, you know, it's, it's just going to be, it's not going to feel quite the same without people out there. You know, and, uh, uh, it just can't be, it can't, it can't be replicated. You know, it's just a shame. And, um, uh, but you know, we all understand why this is the case right now. We've got to, we've got to stay this way until, until we get further along. And, uh, you know, hopefully they're, they're, you know, I know I'm sure behind the scenes they're trying to think of every way they can to make this work. And, uh, you know, hopefully maybe by January, um, you know, I don't even know, you know, maybe there's a chance that they could bring fans back at a couple of these smaller events in the fall. Um, you know, the, the 78 player events in Vegas and uh, Zozo in California. Um, but, I would think they might be looking towards Maui where, you know, you're going to have a small field. It's usually not a very highly attended tournament anyway, you know, and so could you do it there? Um, where they're going to run into issues are these tournaments that have the pro-am formats like Pebble Beach and the uh, and Palm Springs. You know, how is that going to work? I'm sure the, the people at these tournaments are trying to figure out everything because that is their revenue source. You know, and they need to they need to figure it out, you know. They need to figure out a way to make that work. So, um, but uh, anyway, it's, it's, you know, the good news is, is, is right now they're trending in a good direction. I think they want, they'd rather err on the side of, of caution and, uh, and, and just slowly but surely work their way back. Well, we've got the Safeway happening in Napa Valley. Um, they're contending with other issues, the wildfires out there, some of the pictures uh, that we're seeing of these, you know, reddish, uh, smoky skies, um, you know, uh, they're breathtaking as well as, you know, um, sort of jaw dropping. It's a very eerie uh, backdrop out there. Uh, most sure of the players, is. it seems, you know, taking the week off because next week is the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Uh, we do have some uh, marquee players in the field, however. Uh, Phil Mickelson playing and lefty uh, coming off a win at his first Champions Tour event. He's probably got to feel pretty good. Uh, you know, he loves playing in California. Yeah, and you know, he that's an event he's got an association with, and I also think he wanted he likes to play the week before a major. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's a little it's a little tough when you're so far away. Um, you know, it's a long trip to New York from there. Obviously on Sunday night, he can, he can leave and, and get there. So he's going to get to New York in a wee hours on Monday. Um, it's that part of it is not the greatest. I don't think, but 
you know, this is how they set up the schedule. There were going to be some struggles, and, and not everything was going to be perfect. And uh, this is one of the things that's kind of tough, you know, that they have to um, travel so far. But, uh, uh, you know, like <laughs> the, the three-day offseason went by pretty quick. The, you know, of course, none of the guys in the Tour Championship are playing at the Safeway. The guys in the Safeway are mostly the guys, you know, who got eliminated. And so, they, obviously, they want to play and get going again. And uh, now we've got an interesting season ahead with, with six majors counting uh, you know, potentially in, in the season, the Masters and the U.S. Open twice. Yeah, and, um, you know, of course, one of the topics of conversation, you know, right now is player of the year. Um, I was talking to Damon Hack earlier about uh, Dustin Johnson and um, just, you know, his record now with, uh, what is it, 23 wins. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly needs to add some more majors. And perhaps with two majors coming towards the end of the season here when he is certainly peaking um, with his game and it, you know, on all cylinders could be a, a very good scenario for DJ to put a couple more majors in his resume. That's what's missing, you know. I mean, he's got a Hall of Fame career already with 23 wins, um, but he's He's just lacking on, in the majors. Now, look, there's a lot of guys in that neighborhood up there, like Tom Kite and Lanny Watkins, who are Hall of Famers, who only won one major. Um, Crenshaw won two. Curtis Strange won two. Um, Raymond Floyd, who he just passed, won four majors. Uh, but, I mean, 23 is pretty rare, you know. I mean, and why can't he get to 30? You know, 30, 30 would seem to be like the low end. Like, like the worst he could do almost, given how good he is. Uh, but, you know, he needs, to, he needs to add a couple of tournament wins, you know, or uh, major wins. Two or three majors total with 30 wins is, is you know, that's, that's rare. I mean, you know, not too many guys are going to have that kind of resume. Uh, and as I've pointed out many times, you know, Tiger and Phil are the only active players who have more PJ Tour wins now than Dustin. That's quite, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, 23 wins. I mean, I think anybody getting to 20 wins in this era is a, an unbelievable career. You know, uh, we've got Hall of Famers with 15, 16, 18 wins. He's got 23. You know, like I said, I think 30 is well within reach. You know, he, he, can, he can do that next year or the, in the next two years, you know, uh, rattle off seven more wins. So, um, I just think that, you know, he's, he's, he's really evolved as a player. There was a time when he, you know, everybody wondered if he wasn't working hard enough, if he wasn't using his talent. They couldn't believe it. You know, he'd hit a 300-yard drive and then hit a wedge 50 feet. Well, you know, he's dialed that stuff in. Sure has. You know, and, he, you know, and, and uh, you know, when he putts well, he's tough. So uh, good for him. And, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he were player of the year. I think JT has a good argument. With only one major being played this year, I think that sort of opens up the door for some guys because, you know, uh, you know, obviously Morikawa won twice. Uh, well, I guess he, I guess it would be, no, yeah, he won twice in this season um, uh, with a major, and that's impressive too. But JT won three times. You know, uh, Dustin has won 
you know what? Yeah, he won three times, uh, and, and and the FedEx Cup. That's that's pretty tough. Uh, that's a, that's a pretty good pretty good record to, to try and beat. So the U.S. Open and the Masters is not considered part of the 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 2019 2020. Does it does it end with the FedEx Cup in terms of Player of the Year? Correct. Yes, it's it's done. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they had a you know they announced it this week or you know. Or, or soon after the U.S. Open, um, because yeah, it, it it ended with the FedEx Cup. So, so yeah, that, which is again, it makes it a little awkward. You know, they just um, uh, they you didn't you didn't have a Players Championship. You missed a, you missed a World Golf Masters play event. You didn't have three majors. Right. You know? So it's it's uh, you know it's it goes down as, as a very very odd season and. Uh, uh, but you know, still a lot of tournaments, and and uh, and I think there's plenty to judge them on. Absolutely, and as we're going to be talking a lot about, twenty twenty one is going to be you know a super season of all seasons with you know six majors and the Ryder Cup and the Olympics. Oh my goodness, uh, it's it's going to be fast and furious and. You know, probably one of our most historic uh, seasons in the record books, don't you think? No doubt, it's going to be. You know, it's it's un- unlike past years. Normally, we would be sort of taking a breath right now, but we've got two more majors, so you can't really, you know, do that. Uh, the players can't. I mean, I know a lot. There was still have been a lot of tournaments anyway, but you know, usually there was sort of like a lull. Not anymore. You know, I mean, then it goes, you know, like after, you know, the Masters is two weeks before Thanksgiving. And then, you know, then you're right around the corner from from 2021. And then you're sort of already counting down to some big tournaments. So um, it's, it's going to be it's going to be jam packed. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. It sure is. Uh, so, Bob, who's your pick for the Safeway this Sunday? You know what? I'm going to go with Shane Lowry, making a a uh, sort of a you know an interesting decision to play there. Um, but you know he got bounced out of the playoffs and decided he's going to play this event before the U.S. Open. And, um, and maybe he wants to know, be drinking a little of that Napa Valley wine. What do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I would not be surprised. So. I guess, you know, it, it depends. Like, are guys just there to go through the motions to try to get ready for next week? I mean, you know, that course is in no way of pre- any preparation for Wingfoot other than just swinging a club and hitting shots. I mean, you know, the greens are different, the fairways, everything. Um, but, you know, guys want to get in the competitive mode, and it's, it'll be interesting to see how hard they grind this week, especially, you know, the ones for playing the U.S. Open, you know, because um, – I, I'm, I'm sure they don't want to expend a lot of energy, uh, if, you know, if, they're, if they don't quite have it or, you know, if they're not on their game, you know, maybe it's better to just sort of, just sort of try to work on some things and not, not get too caught up in it. Well, 2021, here <laughs> we come, Bob. Pretty exciting. Not too much, not too much of a break. We're ready to dive right back in. Time for another cup of espresso, my friend. (laughs) That's right. 
Thank you, as always, Bob Herrig from ESPN.com. Always appreciate your time. All right. Thanks very much.